room at Alexander's with Hans Hermann, the head of sales. We've known each other for many years and he's had to listen to me try out quite a few horns. Hans, do you remember? Yes, I do. <laughs> really. <laughs> the amazing thing about this was that uh, when, when, you, when you try out a horn here, Hans will sit there and listen uh, very quietly and he, he'll say, mm, 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 and you know immediately what, whether he thinks the sound is good or not. Yes. Earbuds and earworms. I'm Amy Tutsalu Shepherd, and this is Mitchell Manley, Horn Dog. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a visual medium, right? That's quite all right. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> Did I break your brain just yes, now, Amy? Sorry yes. about that. <laughs> um, okay. I, I decided to go with that instead of horny for horns. You I know, mean, so it could have been yeah. it could have been a little worse. Oh my god, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> I've made Amy blush. <laughs> yes. It's hard to do sometimes. Well, not really. Sorry. I blush easily. <laughs> but um, this week is about horns. <laughs> yeah. I got a French horn last week. You did? Yeah. My buddy Jason Pulley uh, went to a, uh, I believe it was like Lane Music, a little music store around here. They yeah. were They were liquidating a lot of their stock and he went and, and uh, he grabbed me a French horn for like 40 bucks. Damn. Yeah, and like French horns are very, very. I mean, it's. I mean, it's, they're like super expensive. Yeah, this thing's you know it's it's dinged up, but it still plays great, and it's a brand new mouthpiece. So hey, the brand the yeah. brand new mouthpiece is all that matters. I mean, legitimately, you, yeah. That I think that a brand new French horn mouthpiece is probably forty or fifty bucks by itself. So. Yeah, and the cool thing is, is I think generally with brass instruments, as long as the like the bell isn't too uh, squirrely, right? It exactly. Should be fine. Yeah. As long as there's the dents are never too deep, a brass instrument's always going to be just fine, and then just fix all the little keys. Yeah, like yeah. I, I played trumpet and and French horn. You played flute though, right? Right. So you didn't have a you didn't have a horn per no, se. No, I didn't. I had a woodwind, which is hard to imagine and hard to explain whenever you are playing in a band and it's obviously a metal instrument. Yeah. But it's a woodwind because originally they were yeah, wood. Exactly. Yeah. So. And this has been Music History <laughs> with Earbuds and Earworms. This week's horns, and I mean, I guess I've now finally got my composure, composure back. And <laughs> what did you bring this week? So I'm going to start us off with Ben Folds 5, uh, their song Army. Thinking a lot today. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Ben Folds, both solo and with Ben Folds 5, who's actually a three-piece, by the way. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, his songs are just structurally out of this world, and he often like pairs these incredible arrangements with kind of silly tongue-in-cheek lyrics, but somehow, beyond the humor, he's still always driving at some like common denominator about life or the human condition. Uh, it's really a shame that the only thing people know him for is like a sad song about abortion and his cover of Bitches Ain't Shit. Wait, what's his sad song about abortion? Brick. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, How's it it, go? Uh, it's a slower song, 6 a.m. Oh, after Christmas. That's about abortion? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's a, Interesting. It's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a sad story, but yeah. Yeah. And, and that's weird because that's his one big hit because people didn't really, they didn't read into the lyrics to <laughs> be like, oh, this is a dark ass song. Obviously I didn't. <laughs> yeah. So he's only known for that. And like he had a cover of Bitches Ain't Shit that, uh, he, he eventually quit playing because he would be out in public with his kids and people would come up to him and scream Bitches Ain't Shit to him yeah. in front of his kids. It's like, all right, well, yeah. thanks for ruining that for us. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, in this song he shows off some of those arrangement skills. He adds in like some orchestral elements, particularly the horns, uh, which drive the big climax of the song. And they do that sort of catchy call and response interplay. And I've seen videos of him replicating it live by having half the audience sing one <laughs> horn part and the other half of the audience sings the other horn part. And together, it just makes this wonderful, uh, you know, beautiful. Uh, you know, interplay between these two and just like this wave of wonderful underneath the song. So uh, it's it's just a silly, catchy, yet poignant song with one of the catchiest horn lines I've ever heard. Yeah, I find it like, I really, I, like, I know Ben Folds and Ben Folds 5. Like I've been, you know, I've listened to the radio. Mm -hmm. I've heard of them. And I know that Dakota says some people say he looks like Ben Folds and I'm like, I don't see it. A little bit, but not really. Uh, I, I always kind of think the guitar player for my band, Josh Stevens, I think he kind of looks like Ben Folds. Uh, yeah, but doesn't Josh have, like, crazy long hair? Ben Folds at one point had longer hair, too. Oh, Dakota does not have long yeah, hair. Yeah, no. he does not. No. I just think that this song's kind of like a hilarious little ditty as, like, it looks at life, but it's also like, well, talk about going into the army, but I did all this other stuff. And um, I like the way the saxes just slide in and bring this enthusiasm. And it reminds me a little of like show tunes. Yeah. For some reason, probably because all the orchestral bits. Yeah, kind of and, a big bandy sort of thing. Yeah, it's just a delightful, fun song with like some of the more traditional instruments just plugging along and being fun with the song and then the brass coming in like you were saying with like the climax part and it's just it just makes me happy like you have trombones and who's not happy with trombones it's a very major key addition of mm -hmm. these horns and it it's just really it makes a party of the song yeah it's, it's, it sounds like a parade you yeah know? like you definitely want to like march along and enjoy it and yeah. I, I mean you weren't in marching band, but yeah. I loved marching oh, band. Man. No, uh, marching was, was what made me quit high school band. Like I played in middle school, and they they had us do some marching in middle school, but mm -hmm. then it's marching in a single line in the middle of the right, field. Yeah. yeah, and then once once we got to high school, and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna need you to come and practice marching during the summer for two weeks straight." Yeah, for from 10 like hours. six a.m. to yeah, I was like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna practice trumpet in my off time from yeah. now on." Um. Yeah, I just love, I love all that stuff. I'm such a dork sometimes. I think I kind of hinted at my decision on what I was going to do yeah. in uh, in the prompt for this week, but I brought Muster Plugs, The All-Nighter. Going out, out tonight, got my favorite t-shirt, and I'm feeling right, cheap girls are playing in a basement. Man, they're so rad. You know I came to see you, everybody's
person who tends to go out for an all-nighter with the rare, uh, whenever I have the rare chance to do so with friends, such as last week. If you noticed, the show posted super late. Yeah. It's because I uh, went out with my friends, and then I did fall downtown on the sidewalk and, and hurt myself. Aww. <laughs> it still hurts, but I'll be fine. Um, and I just... I had to take a lift home. Just going to point that one out. I was also super safe. Um, right now, it's like I'm always up all night now. Like, that's what I do is I'm just awake at night because I'm now a night shifter. And, you know, I wanted a muster plug in here. And this is a relatively recent song from muster plug from like 2014, I believe. And also none of the lyrics are on genius.com. Just going to point that one out. Wow. Too. I really tried. Um, so because I randomly mentioned them also in last week's show, it's like, I'm, I'm just going to enjoy the muster plug and reminisce about that CD you slid to me yeah. in the cafeteria of Jackson Central High. And um, yeah, I just really like it. It's, I'm glad they don't evolve much. They really don't change. The sound yeah. pretty much stays the same. And it's just solidly ska and consistently good and horns yeah of course yeah horns yeah so third wave ska definitely had a huge influence on me in middle school and high school uh, me and my buddy eric ray used to listen to tons of less than jake and mm-hmm. mustard plug and <laughs> operation ivy and against all authority you know obviously punk rock is going to appeal to a couple of ne'er-do-wells like eric and me <laughs> but i played trumpet in school band and he played trombone so especially we especially loved the idea that our horns could be used for like cool music instead of just like boring orchestral stuff uh, and that we weren't just dumb band nerds <laughs> after all we hey. could be we could be ska kids hey so yeah I know a lot of folks seem to hate ska, but regardless of your opinion of the music, Mustard Plug is just an undeniable force. Uh, they've been a band since 1991 and playing what some might consider a sort of kitschy novelty genre, but they consistently make great, catchy ska songs that never seem old or regurgitated. It's always fun and enjoyable. You know, they don't uh, they don't change the formula up no, too much, no. but they've got a really great formula <laughs> and they've just been pumping it out. Yeah, like, it's pretty easy to make a terrible ska song. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that they solidly bring good ska. Yeah, I agree. Which I I think, yeah, I mean, you can look at some of the... um I love me some No Doubt, but there were some right. some moments where their ska did not hold up. Yeah, yeah, even even less than Jake after a certain point is just like, okay, well, now you guys have, have yeah. changed it up too much, and it's just not, not the same thing I, anymore. I remember picking up one of the final CDs I picked up of Less Than Jake, and I was like, for some reason, it just doesn't have that shine anymore. Yeah, yeah sad. Ear Buddies surprisingly did not bring as much ska as I thought they would. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually really surprised. Our first Ear Buddy this week perfect example of horns is Susan she brought earth wind and fire shining star guitars and 
and horns, and I believe it's trumpets mostly. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, I'm truly starting to appreciate the that rhythmic hit of the horns in a funky song much more than I've ever before. It's like the do 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 do. The staccato mm-hmm. situation is super amazing, and it really captures the beauty of brass. But also, it really makes me appreciate the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire, which I think that I was like, oh, "It's the older music. I don't really like it that much." But no, I'm I'm really oh, I'm really proud of myself and like the ear buddies for bringing me around on Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm glad I'm a huge <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire fan, uh, and I can't think of a better band to open up the ear buddies section of this episode. Like Earth, Wind, and Fire has some of the best horn arrangements ever, not only in the harmonies between the horns, but also just how rhythmically tight and creative they are uh they can lock in tight with the bass and drums and just make this juggernaut rhythmic foundation or they can act sort of like independently and interact more conversationally with the other musical elements uh, i've talked about did it's before on the show yep. that's kind of what you were just talking <laughs> about yeah did it you know yeah. uh, this song is just chock full of perfect easy to identify did it's <laughs> you know almost any up tempo song with horns is going to have some did it's in it somewhere and this holds for pretty much every earth wind and fire song in their whole catalog it's such a subtle little accent but those quick little staccato notes can be used to reinforce the main beat of the song or you can drop them on the offbeat to give it some movement and kind of that conversational interaction so such a brilliant band brilliant pick just go rewind this i'm sure uh, amy's <laughs> going to pick a great section with tons of did it's all the did it's also, do you know how hard it is to stay on time with did it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you, they give you that little offbeat thing. You got to fall back in on the one. Right. That's why I'm just like, it, I was never good with the staccato beats in the right. marching band. And I'm always impressed by that. Charlie brings Sloan's Everything You've Done Wrong. awesome game show vibe for me i I can see where you're coming from on that i want to spin a wheel or something but also it's like super uplifting there's hand claps and horns those two always go together pretty well and it's just swinging along with this like little melodic echo thing and i i guess it does have that like beatles vibe but the really accessible beatles not like them smoking way too much of anything too much acid the smoking too (laughs) many of or was it injecting injecting too too many many marijuanas yeah (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely power pop of the highest quality, hand claps and horns straight out of the gate, and the the horns and the chord progression give a very classic feel, uh, but the execution still screams 90s indie (laughs) alternative, and I'm all about the marriage of those two worlds. Uh, the horns make the chorus like a very epic sounding, you know, they give it a very epic sound and, and give the song some energetic push and depth of emotion coming out of the more subdued and straightforward verses. Uh, the horn line also just makes that chorus so much catchier and stickier and <laughs> makes you want to bob your head back and forth while you sing it. You know, 
Uh, Sloan's a band name that I've read a million times, but kind of overlooked until now, and that definitely ended today. <laughs> uh, after this song, I started listening to the rest of this record, which is called One t- One Chord to Another, which is an amazing name <laughs> for a power pop record, uh, since they got lots of great chord changes. So Sloan obviously rules, and I can totally see why why Charlie joked about them being the Canadian Beatles. Yeah. See, I would have read like Sloan and thought this is like some like really cool singer songwriter lady. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like that would be like what. Huh. They, they surprised me, like, coming out with this name, Sloan. Uh, but more on surprising band names later. <laughs> um, Colian brings Chicago's 25 or 6 to 4. Staring blindly into space Getting up to splash my face Wanting just to stay away Still my favorite song with horns. This is just good old chill music with splashes of horns peppered throughout. The horns have runs that are very familiar to me as a participant in marching band, and I'm somewhat surprised Mr. G didn't have us doing this music. Yeah. Or like he would have if he didn't choose pieces like Purgatorio or <laughs> those are... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he, he seems like he, he probably would have been too cool for Chicago. No, he was too cool for any pop music, man. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's maybe a little cliche for some folks, but undeniable nonetheless. I mean, I'm pretty sure Chicago's uh, horn section tours with other acts and like plays independently of Chicago's main unit which I think is pretty rad and and a testament to how unique and cohesive their horn section is Uh, I remember hearing tons of Chicago when I was young like long before I knew who they were or even you know the songs that I liked were by the same (laughs) band Uh, but I remember loving the horns in this song and Saturday in the Park uh, nowadays I can appreciate that along with having tons of well-crafted songs with lots of horns Uh, their horns are always tasteful and non-intrusive in most of their stuff it's really easy to let horns kind of get out of hand. Some would argue that sky music <laughs> is the manifestation of horns getting out of hand. Uh, but Chicago always does it in a way that kind of complements their songs instead of distracting you with a spectacle of horns. Um, I also remember that scene in Little Nicky where they play a Chicago record backwards and you hear, I command you in the name of Lucifer to spill the blood of the innocent. Yep. <laughs> which uh, I totally wish was, was a real thing on their record. That'd be rad. It would have been totally amazing, mostly because the fact that nobody suspects Chicago. And I think that was like in response right. to the like what 80s. I think it was making fun of like 20 years prior to that movie, the 80s and 90s Satanic Panic. Right, yeah. Which, play your Judas Priest record backwards yeah. and it tells you to kill people or whatever. Like, did you ever watch that documentary, Hell's Bells? I don't think so. Oh, your parents were never that super religious. Yeah, thank goodness. Oh, you need to go back and watch that. It yeah, is, oh, boy. It's crazy. And then I, oh, just, I could go on about <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> back to the point. Debbie brings the English beat Mirror in the Bathroom.
Ranking Roger, who died last week, which is sad. So sad. Um, This is kind of a mind boggle of a song, though. And truly, I wish I had heard of these folks earlier, especially I wanted to. I would have liked to appreciate them before, like, you know, members started passing away. Yeah, certainly. I don't know how I've missed this band. It's amazing, but maybe they weren't well known. I don't know. This is literally a song I would throw onto my record player to just chill and enjoy the heck out of like some chill sacks. And I mean, for it being like a narcissistic song, yeah. it is, it really does bring joy to other people. Cause it is a lovely song and kind of mind boggling that it is a song about narcissism. Right. Yeah. yeah. I also uh, was not very familiar with uh, the English beat, but I know several of our ear buddies were fans and lamented the death of their singer recently. Uh, this song embodies a lot of the things that I love about old school ska and other forms of like punk rock genre bending. Of course, the horns are a big focus this week, and the horns in this song definitely accentuate the feel and groove of the song. The sax solos add like a really groovy instrumental break, which kind of sets it apart from aggressive and self-indulgent <laughs> guitar solos that kind of came about in like the later, more in-your-face punk. Um, I especially love the rhythmic element of the vocals, though. That's probably my favorite thing in the yeah. song. The meter and the phrasing and just the sound of the words themselves is all very entrancing and like very well well written and well chosen. And like having that, that reggae and early sky influence already has, has the songs kind of operating on the offbeats. And so that clever rhythmic flow of the vocals just kind of weaves in and out in a really cool way. Uh, I definitely hate that it took the death of a member to kind of bring him to our radar, but I suppose the bright side is that the music that he contributed uh kind of lives on and and continues to reach new ears and gets new appreciation from yeah. us and we'll talk about them on our podcast and, yeah and celebrate it so definitely i want to check out way more of their like collection of songs we need to have an earbuds and earworms party because we do have quite a few locals uh, yeah and so we should just make a an ultimate three hour long playlist <laughs> that should. will make about an hour and a half and then everybody will leave because we're all introverts yeah because we'll all just like be sitting in the corner it should be in like that big high tone room right so we call all just sit in the corner and like kind of wave at each other right exactly yeah and it would work out i like that yeah craig brings dredges whoa is me
all, this band does not make, like, the band name does not make me think of the sound at all. I was like, dredge, like, yeah. dredge. Uh, it's super experimental within the structure of the song, and I don't even know how to characterize this. Um, the horns are there to kind of give a sense of, sense of unease and then eventual calm. Like, yeah. it's like, uneasy sound, and then you're like, oh, it's cool. It's just the whole structure of this is insane, and I don't understand the band name being like, it's like so soothing, but then yeah. there's the unease, but not the unease of like heavy metal guitars and like speed speed <laughs> drums. I don't dredge dredge does not. Yeah, it sounds like it should be like a, a doomy sludgy band. It does it does? <laughs> yeah, the, dredge is a band that I listened to a lot in high school and shortly thereafter. They are kind of difficult to categorize. Uh, they're part like artsy indie rock, but also progressive in a lot of ways. Their music's very moody. Uh, and rather serious and introspective a lot of times, but especially on this album called El Cielo and the album preceding it, which was called Leitmotif, uh, their music can be very entrancing and cathartic. Uh, their singer has incredible range, and his his lyrics are always very poignant and poetic, which gives their sound some weight and depth. And their drummer is also incredible as well. Uh, in this song, I really appreciate that they use the horns for emphasis occasionally throughout the song, uh, but also go long stretches with no horns. Mm -hmm. uh, so they don't rely on it like a lot of horn songs do as like a kitschy element to differentiate one song from a catalog of others that all sound the same. <laughs> you know, they use the horns to accentuate the mood and the tone of the song. Like you said, it starts out kind of anxious sounding mm -hmm. and then calms you a little bit. And they, you know, they just kind of let it rise and fall, but it's never overbearing. Um, so yeah, if their style isn't something that you, you listen to regular, it may take a little, a little time to warm up to, but they're, they definitely remain one of my favorite bands for how ambitious and unique they are. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I feel like this is what I should do to like, I should put this song in to ease Dakota into some of the less listenable Shushu albums. Right. You might, you might be onto something. <laughs> yeah. There. Because at least then you have like those surprise elements of not necessarily like major key horns going yeah, in sure. there. So, so, and some of the early Shushu it's not as listenable as everyone. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. Metal Johnny rounds us out with Fears. New York's all right if you like saxophones. had to this song just makes me smile it's short it's sweet it's hornsy yeah. i just i had so much fun and i love anytime i'm playing something and Dakota's like is this is this a band i know is this fear and i was yeah. like yeah i was like how do you know all these bands and never tell me all these things but this is this is a this was so much different than what i would expect metal johnny to bring i don't know why 
Yeah, fear fear is one of the like heaviest forces in Los Angeles hardcore punk. Uh, Jim Belushi managed to get them on Saturday Night Live in 1981, and wow. they and they and their crew managed to cause like tens of thousands of dollars in damages to like equipment, and sets, and cameras and stuff by the third song that they played. And their songs are so off. short. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I, I love how they managed to both mock saxophones and yet somehow found a way to make the saxophone gnarly and punk as fuck in their own song. <laughs> yep. Just goes to show that uh, nothing should ever be off limits within a genre. There's always ways to push the boundaries and blur the edges of what you're doing to keep things fresh and kind of push the evolution of your craft forward. And uh, pushing punk and hardcore forward, definitely what exactly what Fear did. Yeah. The fear of being normal. Right. Yeah, sure. Sure. Hey, look, it's funny, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> It's like the worst dad jokes. <laughs> you, you got some pretty bad ones. Yeah. Well, you came in earlier and threw me completely off my game. Yeah. Sorry. Whoopsie. <laughs> you can always reach out to us on the Twitchers. You are. At Pow I Gotcha. I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at END Pod. The Facebook group is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast Group, where you can get in and mingle with all the cool music that always has tons of horns in it. I like it. Voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS or 731-400-2837. And you can always find the show at endpod.com on the internet. And you can email the show endpod at gmail.com. It's going to be exciting. Now, I'm super excited about what you brought. And I've played this too. Oh, really? Yes. (laughs) So, So, yeah, I'm going to leave us with uh, the 8-bit orchestra covering the song Lonely Rolling Star from the game Katamari Damacy. Uh, here's the thing. I've heard of Katamari Damacy. I've seen gameplay, but I've never played even a single second of the game myself. So trippy. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard it's one of the coolest games ever, and the music rules, and I've since confirmed that the music does indeed rule, but still haven't had a chance to play the game. Uh, earlier this week, a podcast that I was listening to used this song as their outro music for the show, and the structure and arrangement just kind of blew my mind. So I looked it up and found uh, found out that it was this band, the 8-Bit Orchestra. And they do like jazzy big band covers of video game music. And that sort of thing can be kind of lame and contrived. But the rhythms and the vocal melodies here are just insane. It almost sounds like <laughs> if Earth, Wind & Fire were a J-pop band or something. So like if, like me, you've never played Katamari Damacy, I hope you'll still dig the 8-Bit Orchestra covering Lonely Rolling Star.
That piece was recorded live at the famous One Second Club in 1944. It was inspired by the clarity of consciousness rather than the vividness of dream and was the self-proclaimed pinnacle of broken bridges and chest pressure. 